Here's a sneak peek for this week's episode. And then if you get a good driver, he'll bring you to Bright Bakery, which has the best freaking food in the whole world. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we are the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoy it as much as we do. For those who want to learn more about travel, or even those who just want to live vicariously through our travel stories. No matter where you fall along that journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most interesting and amazing places on Earth. This week, we're going to discuss a part of our trip planning process, which is to talk to people who are already familiar with the location we want to visit. In the middle of March, we have planned a trip to Aruba and Curacao. And on this week's episode, we will be having a conversation with a friend who has visited Aruba several times and knows the place very well. She will give us recommendations on where to stay, the best places to eat, and the activities we can look forward to during our trip. So get ready with your swimming gear as we explore the crystal clear waters of Aruba. When we're planning a trip, we love using Viator for finding and booking all of our experiences at a destination. Our favorite way to book local experiences is through Viator. You can do more with Viator. It's one site with 300,000 plus travel experiences you'll remember. We like using Viator because of the free cancellation policy. Plans may change, so you can receive a full refund if you cancel at least 24 hours in advance of most experiences. Book your spot now and pay later with their Reserve Now Pay Later feature. And of course, before booking, we always read the trusted reviews. Viator has 4.3 stars from 140,000 plus Trustpilot reviews. Go to sunshinetravelers.com slash Viator to explore and book your next local experience. I'm excited to jump right into this interview. We've done a lot of individual research, but I can't wait to hear the insider perspective from Tammy to see what we might be missing. Welcome, Tammy, to our show. Tammy is a longtime friend of ours. Tammy and I used to work together many moons ago, and we've we've actually shared a lot of travel experiences together. Some of them very interesting, but we'll save that for another podcast episode. Tammy, thank you for joining us. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Aruba. Aruba is one of my favorite places. I've been there more times than I can count. So whatever you want to know, hopefully, hopefully I can help with uh, some recommendations and some other things along the way. Well, why don't we just start with why do you like Aruba so much? What makes it your favorite place? Um, it's a different feel. As you know, I live on Key West, so I live on a little island anyway. But the uh, but Aruba, the weather's always nice. There's rainy seasons, of course, um, but it's outside the hurricane belt. So it's always a good time to be able to uh, to vacation there. And there's so much to do. And the food is amazing. So win, win, win for me. Yeah, I was surprised when I actually pulled up the map and looked exactly where Aruba is. It's almost South America. Yeah, it's right off the coast of Venezuela. Yeah, I didn't know that until I was looking, you know, looking that up, you know, seeing where, where it was that we were planning to go. And that's sort of why we're interviewing Tammy today is Melissa and I have trip coming up in a few weeks where we're planning to go to Aruba. And part of our process is that we want to talk to people who have been there and done that and can provide some recommendations. And so that's why we asked Tammy to join us. How many times have you actually been to Aruba? Uh, 10, 12. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. A lot. I'm going back again in August. So it'll be 12 or 13. If we tried and to so go you mentioned the you mentioned about the hurricane. So, so have you, you've been different times of the year and do you have a favorite or just any time is, is good? You know, 
my favorite time to go there for the ambiance of the of it all is around Christmas and New Year's. It's also the most expensive, but it's also rainy season because it rains there from like October through January. It's pretty much a rainy season in Aruba. So if you don't mind rain, <laughs> no, um, the fireworks and all that stuff's super exciting. It's like none other. But my absolute favorite time to go is usually the last two weeks of August and uh, maybe the first week of October. Those are usually my favorite times. April's a great time to go as well, but you're just coming off potentially some thunderstorms because April can be thunderstormish. Okay. So our trip is sort of the middle, I guess it's kind of the middle of March. So yeah. yeah so I mean, you'll be coming off rainy season ends the end of January, but like I said, it's, it's always windy there. Like it's always windy. It's a desert Island. They consider it a desert Island. So you'll always get a lot of wind. So, you know, storms will pass really quickly. So one minute it might be pitch black, pouring rain, and within 10 minutes, it's bright and sunny again. So just got to roll through it. Awesome. So it's one of those places where you say, if you don't like the weather, wait a few minutes. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. It's absolutely. But, you know, you can't go wrong. I mean, the temperature is pretty consistent all year round, like in the 80s. So it's not, you know, it gets hot. The sun's hot. Um, so you got to make sure you have good sunscreen, preferably reef safe sunscreen. They really encourage that there. So, uh, it's, it'll be harder for you to find non-reef safe sunscreen there. So depending on bringing your bringing your favorite stuff with you. Yeah, and, you know, we've seen some of the effects of the reefs recently going to St. John and as we're snorkeling and some of the places that we used to just absolutely love, you know, those reefs are no longer, you know, thriving and flourishing. So, you know, we have seen some of the effects of that. But the good news is that in other places, we see it actually growing and, you know, regenerating. So, but everything that we can do to, you know, impact that and from our control and to not have an impact on those reefs is obviously important. Mm -hmm. So Tammy, once people, well, we do anyway, once people decide, okay, we're going to go to Aruba, they typically start with where to stay. So is there a particular area? Do you have particular hotel or accommodation recommendations for us? Well, from a hotel perspective, there's different beaches. You have Eagle Beach, Palm Beach. Uh, you know, you can stay in town, which I encourage people not to. A lot of people might like to stay down in Orgenstadt where you where like the cruise ships come in and all that. It's just busy. If you want a really nice beachy feel, um, like I said, you go to Palm Beach or Eagle Beach. There's a lot of different hotel options. So we usually stay in the Marriott, which are Palm Beach, but there's the Ritz-Carlton, the Marriott Stellaris Resort and Casino. Then there's two timeshares right next to that, which are both Marriott. They have a surf club and ocean club. So they kind of fill up that whole beach. There's Popolis, so you can lay under, you know, one of those during the day. The beaches there are beautiful, and there's a lot of activities to do in restaurants. If you go down towards Eagle Beach a little bit more, there's a lot of different hotels like Rio Palace and Hill Inns and some things that are a little bit more financially affordable depending on where you are you have all different levels there truly all different levels um, and there's also some all-inclusives so some people like to do all-inclusives i don't going to aruba i always say don't do all-inclusives because there's so much good food there just don't do it there's so much places to experience but the hotels are always different and it's also what you like to do you know scott knows me well enough i like to gamble a little bit there's casinos everywhere in aruba Oh, that's another reason why we like to go there because we like to like to play cards and, and play slot machines and stuff. 
So there's all the hotels pretty much have a little casino in them. Okay, good. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that either. And then as far as the beaches are, like, are they private beaches? So like you have to be the guest of the hotel or how do, how do the beaches work? Well, Aruba? Aruba by Aruba law is all beaches should be are public. However, as you know, because you guys travel, that even though they're public, the hotels kind of eat away at a large portion of those beaches to say that they're theirs and they, you know, so they might rent the palapas for you to lay under or something like that. So, uh, yes, they're public, but they're controlled. But there's some great public beaches to go to, like Baby Beach, which is probably the best beach to go to. You have to travel to it. You can take a taxi or your own car or whatever, but it's really more private and pristine and you can go way out into the water and snorkel. So it's really nice. You know, you mentioned something and that's a, that's a really good point is when someone travels to Aruba, should they rent a car or is there enough transportation to, to get around without it? Yeah. I never rent a car there. Once I tried to rent a car there, but our plane was two hours late and all the, pla- all the cars were gone. So there's only so many cars on Aruba. So, right. you know, it comes and rents them. Now you can kind of rent a date for a car for a day from your hotel. Um, so I would suggest that the islands are relatively small. So I usually take taxis everywhere. It's usually like $7 one way or $14 one way. Um, it's not so bad. And there's always taxis available. So it's, it's easier to taxi around. But like I said, if you want to just go explore, um, you can rent an ATV for the day too. They have the ones that are on road ATVs, but don't drink and drive there at all. It's, it's really bad. Don't drink and drive, especially on ATVs. Because you got to also, you have to be really alert on the roads there. So, uh, you know, a lot of tourists that don't understand which way to go. So, <laughs> so are you driving on the opposite side of the road in Aruba? No, you're driving on. Oh, let me think about that. No, you're driving on the right side of the road, I think. Hold on. Okay. No, maybe you are driving on the left side. <laughs> I have to think about it. I never rent a car. I just, no. <laughs> I'll have to think about that one. Not so sure. But that sounds like the taxis then are a lot more affordable because we were in the Cayman Islands. We were like, what is $30 just to go up the, <laughs> up the street? Yeah, like, no, some, you know? like if you're staying in Palm and you're going to go down to like the flying fish bone or something like that, which is all the way down the other islands, a great restaurant. You can sit in the water, but they, oh, we're going to come back to that. So put a pin in that. $30 if you're going all the way, but it's like a 20 minute drive. I mean, it's, you know, you're paying for the drive. Okay, perfect. And then one more thing before we kind of switch gears. Say the main town. Pronounce that again for me. Orgenstad. Orgenstad. Okay, I'm terrible at pronunciation, so I try though. Yeah, so that's that. Orgenstad. Yeah, when you okay. when you listen to these, I think we butcher so many mm-hmm. location names and stuff like that because neither one of us are linguists. So okay, and is it worth visiting then? Probably. I mean, oh, is yeah. it worth visiting? You go into the city, absolutely. You go in there. There's shops, boutiques. There's a little few chain stores, clubs, bars. I mean, there's all stuff to do there, but it depends on what you want to do for your vacation. It's just busy there, right? And you get the cruise ships that come in there. So it gets busier depending on when cruise ships arrive. So it, you know, it really depends on how much disruption you want in your day. Okay. But just don't stay there. So stay. Yeah. Okay. I would say that there's a place called the Renaissance is over that way that actually has some huts that are like off the shore that you can rent. They have like a Flamingo Beach over there. So there's places that you can, you know, if you're going to stay in those little areas, it's fine, but it's still, it's just busier for lack of a better way of describing it. Okay. All right. Sounds like I need to take my camera. You definitely take your camera. Oh my gosh. There's such great picture taking there. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes it's worth carrying all that equipment and other times it's not. So 
Yeah, well, they have um, they have butterfly farms there. They have donkey farm there. They have ostrich farm there. There's all things all over. Like you would never expect it, but they do. Wow. And so then there's also, so let's get into, so after typically people have their hotel booked, right? They're looking for, okay, now do we need to book some activities? And so we talked about the rental cars and, and ATV. Can we ask like a little that. bit about the, the Marriott? Because we are staying at the Marriott Surf Club. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we're staying. So you know, just a little bit more about that area. And- sure. sure. Um, well, um, the Marriott Surf Club, there's, like I said, that if you're looking at from the ocean up, right, you'll have the Ritz-Carlton, the Marriott Stellaris Resort, the Surf Club and the Ocean Club are, are furthest to the right. So the thing about um, the Marriott's is that you can't use the other pools. You can only use the pools that you're staying at. So it's Surf Club. They have a lazy river there, which is nice. So uh, that's that depends on where you are. We did the lazy river at the Atlantis in the Bahamas. It is not a lazy river. It is class five rapids. No, this is just a slow (laughs) thing around the pool. It's not like rock and roll roller coaster or anything. It's very slow, but it's nice. Uh, What you do um, the day you get there, if you uh, join the Facebook page for the surf club there, they always say, Hey, we have this. And what it, this is, is we have leftover booze. We have leftover, our floats are out in the hallway in this tower, whoever wants them. So everybody leaves their timeshare stuff before they leave out in the hallway so people can come get them. So it's always like first come, first serve for the floats or first come, first serve for, you know, I still have a half a case of beer. I mean, that's always out there. So it's always a good way to get some free floats, as I always say. That's a great great idea. We've done that. that. Yeah. Well, we've done that in Hawaii. We, you know, the Costco and bought chairs and stuff like that for Hawaii because you, you know, take them to the beach and we found a family, you know, checking in. So that's, yeah, a, that's just great. And just post it out there and people are there within heartbeat to grab them. So that's, that's the kind of the gist of it there. They got some great food. They have a Mexican restaurant down in there that just opened. It's okay. It's, but it's not like what they're known for there. So the food's a little bit just kind of boring, but it's great for late night eating. Another thing you have to be aware of, though, all of that area, a lot of the restaurants close super early, like around nine, ten o'clock. So you got to make sure that you're eating, you know, plan your eating schedule accordingly, especially if you're not driving somewhere. There's a place next to called Moomba Beach, which has great food and they're open late, but it's also a bar at night. So they have music, you can dance on the beach, you can eat, but they have some good food. And they're, they serve food a little bit later, I think about 11 o'clock, I think is when they stop serving. But that's all right there. That's my first stop. We go to, we unpack, we get situated, and we go over to Moomba Beach and drink and eat. That's the that's the first place we stop. Um, and so, with it being a timeshare, like as far as like getting food, then like if you just want to have some snacks in the room and go get your booze and your your drinks and stuff like that, where where is the easiest place yeah, to so get? They that? have they have little places inside, obviously, like the little kind of convenience stores and inside each one of the places you can go in all of them right you can go and they have lobbies and little stores all throughout but if you want to go grocery shopping because you'll be in a timeshare there's a big superfoods place that right down the road so you can call a taxi and have them bring you there and you can go shopping so it's just literally like a quarter of a mile away so a lot of people do that and they also have some options where you can call and have concierge service and they'll actually do the shopping for you and have it in your room that's nice but there's there's if you're going to buy booze, though, they do have a duty-free in the airport when you arrive, and you can get like one or two bottles each. It's the cheapest alcohol you'll be able to buy. So if you want to get a bottle of vodka or something like that, that's the place to do it. 
Okay. Well, that's good to know because it's not all, you know, that's not always the case. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm doing free. And then you go into the, you know, the, no, the store. It's, by, it's, by far the, it's by far the cheapest. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a great tip then. Okay. Perfect. So earlier you were mentioning one of your favorite places to eat and you talked about that you go sit in the water and stuff like that. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Um, well, there's a, there's several places you can put your feet in the water just for the sake of eating and Flying Fishbone has been around a long time. It's really nice. They have really good food and they have some chairs where you can put your feet in the water. I always recommend though, making sure you bring bug spray everywhere you go because you'll get beach gnats, especially when you're closer to the water. Even when you're walking at the beach at night, I always spray at the bottom of my legs with, with some bug, uh, bug repellent, um, but it's pretty. It's like they have water lit up underneath and there's truly flying fish. Something you'll see them come out of the water. So there, you know, it's just, you always see the fish swimming. It's nice. Food's good. It's a little bit pricey, but the ambiance is nice and it's an experience for sure. There's another place down that way um, uh, that that you can go to as well. But there's there's a bunch of them. There's Wilhelmina's. There's all kinds of places that you can look at to like put your feet in the water. Um, but Flying Fishbone's a good one. So talk. You know, you're used to the same thing that we are living on an island. Food prices are a little bit more expensive and stuff like that. So. We're, we're kind of used to that being in vacation destination places, right? But for many of our people who might be traveling there, what's the what's the price of restaurants comparatively? Like, is it more expensive there? You know, you find it to be actually less expensive? Um, I find, well, comparative to Key West, right, which is very expensive, it's very comparable to Key West prices. You know, dinner, you know, Dinner, if you go to Flying Fishbone or something like that, it's not going to be a $100 dinner for two. I mean, you're going to be spending a couple hundred dollars easily. They take American dollars there. So, and yeah, obviously credit cards, but they do take American cash. So it, it's it's expensive, especially if you have a couple of drinks. But there's other places that are really reasonable that you can go to. One of our other places we go to is Madame Jeanette's. But a lot of these places, you have to make reservations before you go down. So make because be, be aware of it. Go online. A lot of them are on open table even. So you can make some reservations there. But the prices, the prices vary depending on where you go. There's like fine dining chef's tables. So where they serve like 12 to 14 people only. And you have multiple courses throughout the night with wine pairings. And those will be about, you know, anywhere from four to five hundred dollars a couple. So it's really, you know, Madame Jeanette, you might spend 150 with a with a bottle of wine. Whereas, you know, if you go to Royal Chef's Table or Two Fools and a Bull and Senses, I think those are the three main chef's tables. You'll be spending between four or five hundred dollars with wine pairings. Okay, well, that's good to know. That's not typically our we're you know, we're usually pretty laid back and, you know, we like to eat, but we're not, you know, we tell people we're not super foodies. But that is good to know because a lot of people are and they enjoy those experiences. Yeah, You and you and your husband, John, are foodies, I would say. Yeah, we are very good, big, big foodies. Um, But, you know, you know, you can go anywhere. There's a little place called Gianni's, right, that makes like pasta and a cheese wheel, right? So that big, big wheel of Romano cheese or Parmesan cheese, and they put the pasta in and they scrape all the cheese on it. And I've so, seen reels, but I've never I've been to these on places. Instagram, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Gianni's does it, and that's not, it's not an expensive place. It's nice. And there's a couple little restaurants down there. So there's, again, there's all different levels. But, you know, even going out to something like, you know, one of the TripAdvisor pages, something like that, and reading about what people have and looking at the food options, looking at menus, they're all available out there usually. So, you know, take a look and see what what excites you. We've definitely got a list of places that we need to go check out. Um, 
you know, what should you do while you're in Aruba? So, you know, it's a beach destination. Obviously, you're going to want to spend some time in the beach. From what I can see, crystal clear waters, you know. But other than the beach, what are some things to do on the island? Well, there, you can golf. There's there's golf courses on the island. Problem is, remember, it's a windy island. So if you're really, you know, if your game is your long game from your drive, your drive will not be as long as you think it's going to be because that wind's coming. Especially if it's coming at you, the ball goes up and you just kind of watch it and it comes straight down. So, you know, <laughs> your scores might be a little higher. But golfing's always fun. ATV, you know, they have, you can go out, they have um, places where you can go sightsee and go out to the other side of the island and things like that. I advise you to bring clothes that are going to get absolutely disgustingly dirty okay. and shoot. Like when you're done doing these ATV tours, you are black head to toe. I mean, or brown or whatever. And you're just covered in dirt. And so I would always say bring a handkerchief to cover your nose because it's just the dust is overpowering. And then I always recommend maybe bringing, if you're going to take those clothes back home with you, and don't get a chance to wash them. Like you'll be in a time show, so you can actually throw them in yep. a washing machine. But to bring like one of those large zipper bags or something and just squish it all in there so the rest of your clothes don't get disgusting by the time you get home. Great recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, we've learned that ourselves. Sailing, snorkeling, fishing, as those are great. That horseback riding. Um, I personally, when I bring new folks with us, which we'll be doing when our when we go on our trip in August, we're renting a car for the day, a driver. So you can actually ask your concierge, say, hey, is there a local driver that can give us a tour of the island? And, you know, for a couple hundred bucks, you can just, they'll just drive around. They'll pick you up the, the cooler, beer, soda, whatever you want. And they'll just show you around the caves. There's some old like cave carvings in some of the caves that are cool. They'll bring you to the, there's a lighthouse that they're famous for. One of the oldest churches in the in the islands. It's over 1700, from the early 1700s. So they'll bring you to all of those places. So it makes a good day tour. And then, and then if you get a good driver, he'll bring you to Bright Bakery, which has the best freaking food in the whole world. <laughs> John, when we go there, John's like, we got to go to Bright Bakery. Yes, we'll go to Bright because <laughs> it's making notes furiously right now. <laughs> yeah, it's they have like the best empanadas and the best desserts I've ever had, ever. They're a Dutch island. I don't know if a lot of people realize that. It's a Dutch island, which is also a little bit different. So you'll have that Dutch flair, great waffles, pancake houses, like that. Nice. What so you talked a little bit about the snorkeling. What's this because we love the snorkel. What's the snorkeling like in Aruba? It is crystal clear, first of all. If you go out to like Baby Beach for the day, they, you can walk out really, really far and have some really nice snorkeling. And it's easier on the body, as I say, so you're not like trying to tread water for hours, right? So it's like you can walk in, get some sun, and it's not overly crowded. So it's a great place to do snorkeling for sure. But you can pretty much snorkel everywhere. You can see people just go right off the beach and kind of snorkel around. There's not a lot of reefs out there, but there's a ton of fish. So there's a lot of stuff to see. And then, you know, have you ever visited any of the surrounding islands? They talk about the ABC, right? Aruba, Bonaire, Curacao. I've been to all of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's Bonaire is beautiful, great for snorkeling. Um, it is really a diver island, as they call it. So it's people go there to dive and to snorkel. There's not a lot of stuff to do on on the island. 
I honestly, I, I always call it the relaxation island. We'll usually go there for like two days and literally just sit on the beach and do nothing. And some of the beaches you can walk out forever, it seems like. And it's the water's crystal clear. It's beautiful. The nice yeah. shallow waters. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal and Perth nice. It's also different. It feels more of a city flair. The beaches aren't beachy, but they have, they have lots of good restaurants, nice bars, good nightlife. They have casinos. But it's to me, it's more of only we stayed there for three or four days. And after two days, I was ready to go do something different because I just don't want to hustle and bustle all the time. I just want to chill in the beach more than chill at a pool. So that was my feel with Curacao. Okay. But you can hop through them. Like I said, if you wanted to do like two days in Bonaire, two to two or three days in Curacao and then go spend, you know, five days in Aruba, that would be the way to do it. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah. There's a, there's a little, the air, I think they, is their little, it's almost like a little commuter, right? It goes between yeah. them several yeah. times a day and you just book those flights and go. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're great. We, we experience them on cruises as well. And that's kind of how John and I visit islands as we take a cruise and then we visit all the islands for the day. And then we determine which one we'd want to go back to stay at. And then we'll stay there for short stints. And then we say, oh, well, I really like Aruba. Okay, we're going to stay there for a week. <laughs> so that's kind of kind of how we plan out our our cruises and our vacations. Yeah, yeah, I talk about cruises often being the hop on, hop off bus, right? You, you hop off, you 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 kind of see if there's anything that piques your interest, and if so, then plan a trip to go back and uh, explore a little more deeply. Yeah, but like I said, when I was talking earlier about that flamingo beach over in Aruba. At Renaissance Island, that's a good day trip for you. You have to buy passes, but if you're staying there, it's free. But a day pass there, you'll get some great pictures. So that is worth, that was going to be my question. So that's, that is worth a visit then? It's worth a visit for it. Yeah. And they have a day pass where you can have, you know, rent a little thing on their beach there for the day. And it's, it's good to do it for a day. Okay. All right. Good. Because we, we have like four days, something like that that we're, mm-hmm. we're spending on Aruba. So we're actually going to do, uh, so Delta from Atlanta has a nonstop to Curacao now. So we actually fly there or spend a couple of days there, then do the, do the, uh, you know, do the little short hop over to Aruba for, yeah, four or five days. And then we'll hop. Yeah. We'll hop back. So that's kind of the plan. Yeah. So we'll have a good amount of time. Those are, um, uh, those are always fun. You'll, ha- you'll have a blast. There, like I said, there's a lot to do, lots to see. In Curacao, the nice thing about there is that the way that the buildings are, it kind of really reminds you, I don't know, and you don't feel like you're on an island the way if you look at it. And then they have this moving bridge that's kind of cool. You'll experience it all when you're there. I don't want to spoil it for you. But it's it's very, very, there's great picture taking, especially the buildings and the architecture there. Kind of cool. Great. So um, there's, you know, something that we always like to end all of our interviews with are three questions, right? And we ask everybody the same question is number one, what is your favorite place that you've ever visited? Favorite place I've ever visited would probably be, uh, it'd have to be Italy, probably like up in Florence and Tuscany area. We So we've been to Tuscany. We haven't spent much time in Florence. It's on our list. My favorite places to go outside of Aruba because I go there all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I think we agree with Italy is a great place to visit. Then what are the top spots on your bucket list? So places you haven't been yet. Um, we have, well, I've been to Norway and, and up through the Nordics. My husband has not, and I haven't experienced the Northern Lights. We were supposed to do a cruise this year, which we had 
to reschedule, but we're still going to do Iceland and Norway on our own just a couple of days just to hopefully capture the Northern Lights. So that would be one of them. The other part on the bucket list is to go to New Zealand, been to Australia a bunch of times, never been to New Zealand. So those are probably the two main ones that are probably there. They say this year is supposed to be the year of the Northern Lights. So greatest opportunities. But you know what? Um, We were going to go on a cruise, but the cruise, they were having issues with one of the stops. And then they said, oh, well, the hot tubs can't get. There's like all these things they were saying. And we had we had gotten an owner suite. And for the amount of money the owner suite was, I, I just couldn't justify all the things we wanted for our room. The reason why we picked it weren't available because they weren't allowing you to use your own personal hot tub off the back of the boat. They weren't allowing you to do like, yeah, never mind. So we decided to chunk it into little trips. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes those little trips can turn out to be pretty spectacular. Uh, but, you know, I hope for you guys that you'll be able to catch those Northern lights because, you know, we've, we've seen several people that we follow and people that we know that have been there and they're like, once you, once you see them, I think someone even said they like woke up their spouse in the middle of the night and was like, you've got to come see this, which Melissa did to me at the Grand Canyon and, you know, just being able to see the stars, but to go out and see those, you know, Northern lights is really worth it. And maybe this is your next place, but where are you going next? Uh, Well, we are, well, we're going to Aruba, as you know, but John and I like to do a lot of little jaunts. So we're going, we're going to Vegas. We're going to Connecticut. Um, we have a, a few other uh, surprises planned for ourselves, but he wants to go to Portugal. So I think I mentioned that to you before. So we're going to try to find a, a long weekend to go to Portugal as well. But those are kind of uh, like to travel. It's the only way to experience life, right? You can't take your money with you, as I always say it. So you got to make sure you make a lot of memories and, and you can, you know, at least you have those. So. That's a, that's the way we look at it. Awesome. We love Portugal. I don't know if you caught our Portugal that's episode. One, that's one I got about it. I was like, I listened to it like four times already. Oh, so, okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. So if you have any questions, because we we could we could talk about Portugal for forever. So yeah, hit us up if you have any questions. So one more thing about Aruba though that I wanted okay, to yeah. just remembered that I think it's super important. Going into Aruba when you land in Aruba. Coming out is pretty easy to go to your luggage and things like that. But when you're leaving Aruba, you go through customs in Aruba and the line can sometimes take over two hours for you to get, you'll be outside just checking in and then you've got to check your bag, recheck, get all your stuff again, and then go back through customs. And it takes a long time. There's VIP first class service you can order or go online. I think it's called first class experience. It's expensive. It's like $250 a person but you get through very quickly. They help you with your luggage. They just pull you all the way through. Friday, Saturday, Sundays, horrendous leaving. I always leave Friday and Saturday out of there. So I've experienced the horrendous lines. That's just a heads up. That's something that's super important, especially if you have to stand outside for an hour and a half in heat. Maybe that was the reel that I sent you. Yeah, you did. So so I do have a question. I don't know if you know. So though we will be going back to just the way it worked out. Our round trip is from Curacao. So we will actually do in the Divi Air back to Curacao and then back. Is it different? Like, is that in a different location or is that in the main airport or how does that all work? In the, it's all in the main airport. It's just that you won't have to go through the secondary customs line. But the ticketing line, just to go through your ticketing, even though it's a special air, Divi's in the same airport. So okay. it's going to 
the lines are long, but I would suggest asking the concierge at the hotel to ask them how much quicker or give them a call ahead of time to see if, you know, see if the route's a little bit different, like American and all those other, the lines are forever. I say forever, I mean forever. So I always recommend three hours before your flight. Okay. Wow. Because you hear that a lot. That I mean, that's really great to know. You hear that a lot and you're just like, oh, whatever, because we've had that experience in St. Thomas where they were like, they made us do that. And then literally we went straight through just because of the day of the week, right? They were like, oh yeah, that's really for Saturday. So that's good. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, absolutely. They have a lot of turnover probably with that's them. That's the one thing I forgot to tell you guys when we were talking about getting there. And I was like, I just thought about, oh my gosh, that's super important though, because I've seen so many people miss their flights. Yeah. And that's, and that's real. So that's actually really good to know. Any other requirements as far as like, you know, visa things you need to know about or anything like that? Or other than it's just-, no, just make sure you claim anything that you take when they ask you, because they do tend to pull people aside quite frequently. Um, don't take it. You can't even take a seashell the size of your fingernail off the island. So you can't take any rock shells, nothing. So that's, you know, they'll, they'll find you for it. So don't take them. That is good to know because sometimes I like to have a little I have a little bowl where I keep, you know, rocks and shells from, yeah. you know, places we've traveled all over the world. So that's a that's yeah, a I, I take a piece of sea glass because you'll find sea glass occasionally. Um, I'll put sea glass like but any type of shell or anything or sand, they won't let you take. Okay. Good to know. You mentioned uh you mentioned, and that's super helpful. You mentioned several things that we probably wouldn't have thought about, you know, like, you know, having bug spray, having, you know, the net gator things to cover your face. Anything else that you you maybe wouldn't typically think of bringing on vacation that you can think of? Well, if you're going to Aruba, the only other thing that is there's a place called Sergeant Pepper's Rescue. Um, they have these dogs called Kanupus. They've been around forever and ever and ever. But they have a whole, you can adopt them there. Or you can take one home with you and deliver it to somebody that has adopted it. So if you're flying back to Boston, they'll give you a Kanuku in a carrier and you can take them back. But they're always looking for donations. So leashes, collars, dog food, just go there and pet the dogs. They just love, love, love. It's called Sergeant Pepper, Sergeant Pepper Friends. But yes, so, but that's the only other thing is like, if you want to be a sponsor or take a dog home, that'd be a great place too. Okay. That's great. Yeah, we've seen recently there was somewhere else and I don't remember where, where you could like go take the dog for the day and like go do activities and stuff like that. But that's, yeah, that's good to know that you can go. Yeah, go like give them some love and stuff like that. That's awesome. So well, I know I diverted the end of your conversation into more stuff about Aruba. Those are things I didn't want to forget. So no, I was actually going to circle back around. So like you read my mind. That was perfect. Yeah, I was just going to say, was there, was there anything else? So those are really the big things, you know, but big things, just make sure you make sure you just book your restaurants in advance if you can. Like I said, enjoy. The food is so good. I can't wait to go back. <laughs> well, excellent. Well, Tammy, thank you for joining us, giving us these great ideas. And, you know, we know that everybody who's thinking about Aruba is going to appreciate these suggestions. So, yeah, these are going to be super helpful for us, things that we wouldn't have thought about. So now we're we're super excited. Great. Well, enjoy your trip there. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my gosh, Scott. That was so helpful. I think that we are so much better prepared for our trip, mostly in making our dining reservations, because we really would have messed that up and become really hangry. <laughs> Without a doubt. So let's start on an overview of our upcoming trip, because, you know, the whole reason we're doing this episode is we have a trip planned for middle of March. 
And we're going to go first to Curacao. So we're going to fly to Curacao, spend a couple of days there, and then we're going to go to Aruba. Yeah. So this trip was a promotion from the Marriott Vacation Club. So a little bit of disclaimer there. We are actually members in what used to be Starwood, which became the Weston and the Sheraton. And so now they've merged with Marriott Vacation Club. And from time to time, they'll call you and say, we'll give you this special promotion and go to somewhere. And Scott was like, oh, well, if you'll send us to Aruba, we'll do it. And so that's really how we are going to do this part of the trip. And let's back up for just a minute. They originally wanted to offer us a trip to Florida. We live in Florida. Why do we want to go somewhere in Florida, you know, for that? So that's how we came across the property that's in Aruba, somewhere we've never been before, somewhere that was kind of on our list of places to to visit. And so we, you know, made a deal with them to go down to this Aruba property. And part of that was telling them, hey, we're travel podcasters, so send us somewhere really good, you know, that you're going to want us to talk about. Yes. And so, I mean, there is, you have to pay a little bit, right? So there is a fee for this, and then you have to do the timeshare presentation. And we've done a million of those as well. But the other part of this was it's only like four nights. And so when you go somewhere and you're paying for airfare somewhere like the Caribbean, like we want to make the most of that. And what we ended up finding was that it was actually cheaper for us to fly to Curacao. There's a nonstop from Delta is a little bit less expensive. And so instead of, since we knew we wanted to add Curacao onto the trip, instead of like flying to Aruba and then taking a flight over to Curacao, we decided to do the nonstop from Curacao and then take the Divi Air over to Aruba and back and, and that way. So that was just kind of how we organized that. So I don't, you know, just depends on, you know, time and stuff like that, what might be the best. So Tammy gave us some great information, you know, that we can use on this trip. What is in your mind? What do you think we need to do with the information that she gave us? Well, I definitely think we need to look at dining spots ahead of time, which is not something that we typically do. And we mentioned in the interview, right, they're foodies. We're not super big, you know, foodies to where it's like, oh, we have to go have this experience just unless it's something that we've heard of. But I think here we need to like do some research and go ahead and and book some of those, number one. And then is there anything else that you would say? Yeah, I think she gave us some information about exiting Aruba. So when we get ready to leave, some things that we need to take into consideration that we hadn't planned for yet. I'd seen some reels about using VIP services, stuff like that before, but she really gave us some additional information and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Yes, that's true. And I think the other thing is probably like looking at and go ahead and book excursions. Now we normally do that, but I think she gave us some information that maybe we wouldn't have thought about. Like I'm interested now in the one where she was talking about with the ATVs probably too. Yeah. So we need to go and buy a tour, check that out and see if we can get some of those booked. Yeah, for sure. So let's do some high-level recap on the interview with her. Some things that you thought were particularly interesting. Yeah, so the fact that I guess it is a place for foodies and they have the chef's table restaurants, right? And so if that's what you're, you know, we're really into, that they have that experience, which, I mean, I do feel like that eating and experiencing local restaurants and local food is a big part of travel. I think one of the things to know about that, though, is and we've talked about this in other episodes like the Bahamas is when you go to destinations like you know the Bahamas or Aruba or for even that matter here on Amelia Island right 
and you go to some of these popular destinations, food is more expensive. And then add on top of that, if you're going to go to like a chef's table where they're doing custom pairing of food and drinks and things like that, you should just expect that that's going to cost more. Yes, that's true. And I've always had the impression, I think, that Ruba is like more expensive, right? More expensive to get there. And like I said, it's it's more expensive to, you know, fly direct to Aruba than like Curacao, for example. But yeah, just knowing that that is, you know, part of the experience of going to Aruba is that it, it is going to be a premium price. Now, one of the places that she did recommend that I think I'm interested in trying out is that Flying Fishbone restaurant. And You know, she talked about one of the things they love to do is to go there, get their feet wet in the water, you know, hang out a little bit and then and then eat. And, you know, she talked about the food being really good. So that's definitely one of the places. And then there was the I think it was called the Royal Bakery that she talked about that was on John's list of places that he absolutely has to go to when they go to Aruba. And so, you know, there's a few of those places now that you know, we've been able to add to our list of here's something that we want to check out while we're there. I think, too, is maybe also being reminded that the fact that it is a cruise destination, too. So, like, avoiding the city, especially when it's going to be busy during the cruises. And just knowing, like, you're going to find that cruise stuff there and knowing that you might want to visit. But that's one thing I like about going to places that are cruise destinations is because then you get to experience you know, what it's like, like beyond the cruise or outside, not even beyond the cruise, but outside of the cruise time that's there and just have it like a more relaxed feel. So knowing it's worth visiting and, you know, just maybe trying to avoid that during, you know, when there's like a bunch, a bunch of people. Yeah. And thankfully, we didn't know this when we were booking our our stay in Aruba. And that's mostly because we did that through the, the Marriott. But she did say you really want to try to stay out at the beaches. So I think she said Eagle Beach and Palm Beach, right? Those were two of the beach areas that she recommended. And we just happened to be staying in the Palm Beach area. Right. And I don't know if we did we mention that, like that's the Aruba Beach Club, Rusha Ocean Club, Aruba Surf Club, like that's the area that we'll be in. And it sounds like that that was what she was very familiar with. Um, And so that worked out, you know, really well for us, too. Yeah. And then we've been on a lot of islands before. And matter of fact, we've been on some that experience a lot of wind. I think that was one of the things when we went to the Galapagos, they talked about that certain times of the year were much windier than others. But she did mention that because Aruba is a desert island, it is a very windy island as well. And you know, she specifically talked about if you play golf, like you're hitting into the wind and it may land behind you or something like that, right? I've played some of those golf courses before. They're very challenging, but they're also very fun to to see that element in your game. Yeah. And I think a lot of times you just don't think about beach destinations like that, maybe being windy, right? Like when we were in Greece, like not knowing that it was like, oh, you know, when they had the big winds and stuff like that, it's like, oh, okay. You know, changes the experience. So just being prepared, you know, for that as well. And then I was also surprised about not thinking about the best time is visit during the holidays, right? Which is always true. Like people like to take vacations then, obviously because of their climate as well. And that's always neat that you do get the the factor of things being decorated for Christmas or how, you know, they would celebrate the holidays and then stuff too. So just keeping that in mind too, that's going to be a high season. I think it's also, if you look at destinations that are along the equator, 
it's going to be or near the equator. It's going to be kind of universally true that that, let's say, December through May is going to be their high season. That that is the best time to visit any of these locations. Right. That's true. Because they're going to have more, you know, more consistent weather for sure. And especially since like you don't think about that this is being so close to South America as well. We had already rented a car for Aruba, but I was interested to hear Tammy's take is that she's actually never rented a car in all of the times that they've been there before. Yeah, that's true. So do you think we may relook at that or maybe we'll rent a car and then that way we can share our opinion. But the fact that, you know, taxis were seven to $14 each direction, because for example, and we mentioned this when we did the cruise and went to the Cayman Islands, it was very expensive. We would go like not very far and it was like at least double that. So that being the taxis being a little more affordable. I think for us, we like to get out and see and do. We're probably not We'll spend some time there at the hotel and just relaxing and enjoying our time. But we're not going to spend all of our time there. And so for us, it's probably going to work out well to have that car. But, you know, we'll have to come back and give you guys an update when we actually do the episode post-traveling to Aruba. You know, this episode was really about opening up our planning process a little bit or part of our planning process, which is talking to other people and, you know, getting information like this. But We also plan to come back and tell you guys about our experiences that we had while we were there. Yeah, I also liked her tip about joining that Surf Club Facebook group. Because when you do stay at the timeshare type places, right, people, you have a way to connect with people and people have these boards and groups and stuff like that. So getting the beach chairs floats because sometimes you wonder like, oh, they have all this stuff and I wouldn't have even thought to bring all that. And like, you know, we said we had done that in Hawaii one time is that we had gone to Costco and bought some things. And then, you know, we were, as we were leaving, somebody was coming in, Hey, do you want these chairs? Do you want this umbrella? Cause it was, it was something that we wanted, but obviously we're not going to bring them back from Hawaii. Not sure about the leftover booze. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. M- maybe some unopened beers maybe, but I'm not sure about the leftover booze part. Yeah. But sometimes like we feel the same way when we leave Cancun and we have a lot of stuff left over. We just feel bad about like throwing everything away. And so sometimes we will like leave it in the fridge and, you know, who knows what happens. So that's great that they have a way to, you know, kind of connect people, especially with the big floats and stuff like that. Cause that's just, you know, plastic and you just hate to waste it, but they are nice to have when, yeah. when you're there enjoying the beach. We need to keep in mind as we go there is that restaurants do close early. And historically this has been a challenge for us, right? We're, We're busy throughout the day. We're off out seeing everything that we can possibly see. And then when we come back, we want to take a shower and then go to dinner. And that's why Spain absolutely works for us, right? Because they don't start eating dinner till 9, 10 o'clock at night. But, you know, in this case, the restaurant's already going to be closed by that time. Maybe we're a little bit more conditioned to that because that's true here where we live is that the restaurants do tend to close a little bit earlier. So maybe it's not going to be as big of a problem for us, but it is something we need to pay attention to and watch. And knowing that going in, and then like if we do have to have the reservations, then we have to plan accordingly. So maybe we'll try to do a balance because sometimes I don't like rushing activities in the afternoon, always thinking about what's the next thing, right? And what we have to do and having a time frame. So maybe we can kind of balance that on the trip. Yeah. And a few minutes ago, we talked about when you're exiting Aruba at the airport, there is a VIP first class service that you can purchase. 
I think it's around $250. I'd seen some reels on this before. And, you know, they meet you, they take you to a lounge, they take all of your paperwork, they go off and handle all of that, that part of it. You go through a special, I think, like security checkpoint and stuff like that. And then you basically just hang out and wait until the flight comes while other people are going to be standing in the long queues waiting to get out. Now, this is going to be interesting to see for us. And we got to figure this out when we get there. Maybe we need to talk to some locals to find out. But since we're going back to Curacao and not flying directly back to the States from Aruba, is do we need to do this service or is that flight to Curacao going to be subject to the same long lines and stuff like that? So we need to pay close attention to that and figure that out. Right. And when I mentioned that to Tammy, she actually, through text, she actually wrote back and was like, be aware of the the baggage weight restrictions on that DVA air as well. So we do need to take in that into account. But the good thing is we will have a washer and dryer and it is the beach destination. Yeah, it is a beach destination show, but just being aware of that too. And so one more thing, she also sent us this after the interview, is that there is a website that you need to go to. And as part of the process that allows admission to Aruba, it's called the Aruba ED or the Aruba Embarkation Disembarkation Card. And it needs to be filled out and approved. It's a mandatory step. It is a mandatory step for every passenger traveling to the island of Aruba, including infants and children. And so to access that official ED card page, there's a link, and I'm going to put that in the show notes. And so the online ED card, Aruba, helps verify that all necessary steps were taken in order to board an inbound plane to Aruba. And like I said, you can fill out the ED card online, and you can do it as early as seven days before you travel to Aruba. And it gives you a green check that you need to have to fly there. And she also mentioned that there are services that will do this for you for a fee, but it's really simple. And so it's not really necessary to, you know, have paid to have it done. We ran into this when we went to the Galapagos, right? But Delta had that as a part of their fly ready steps. So it took you to a site where you needed to fill out, I think, some health information, some legacy COVID protocol stuff, right? That you had to fill out for going into Ecuador. But it took you to that site. And once you completed it, it gave you the green check inside of Delta's fly ready. But we're actually, our Delta ends at Curacao. And so we're taking Divier then from Curacao to Aruba. And I don't know that they have that same process. So this was really good information for us. We just got to remember to do it probably once we get to Curacao, just, you know, make a note to ourselves to fill that out because it says up to seven days in advance. Right. And so you do want to make sure that you have plenty of time to to have that process. So I'll um, visit that link ahead of time too, and just to see. And so also noting that it was and is a Dutch island. Sorry, I guess it is a Dutch island, I should say, right? But they do take American dollars. And that we also found typically any places where a lot of cruise destinations go. And we found that when we were in Jamaica and Cayman Islands and even in the Bahamas too. It's just, I think it's easy for them, right? To just take American dollars for a lot of things. And usually if you're not taking more than like 10,000 US dollars, you don't have to declare those going into a country. That's not going to be a problem for us because we're not going to be taking $10,000 worth of cash. But I do think that it's probably good for us to remember to take our cash ahead of time, just because I know that ATM fees in some of those countries 
are far far more expensive than you know say if you went to Mexico or somewhere like that. So it's probably a good idea just to save a little money on ATM fees to have that cash taking with and take it with us. Sure. And also, you know, obviously travel credit cards and ones that don't have foreign transaction fees and things like that. But a lot of times you need cash for, you know, tips and and you don't know what. So it's good to yeah be prepared and have that on hand. So that was a great tip, too. And then it's also as far as packing is just knowing like about the reef safe sunscreen, which we know, but then also her mentioning that gnat spray for beaches in the evenings. Sometimes we do need that here at home, but just not thinking about, okay, this is a destination where you will need that. So that's helpful, too. And I wonder if the dogs would like to send anything to Sergeant Pepper's friends, the dog rescue. Oh, yeah, that'd be neat. We could say from our Lottie and Rupert. Yeah. yeah. Well, I believe we're prepared for our upcoming trip next month. This supplementary information we received was very useful in addition to our own research. It's helpful to have real reviews from people who know to help us make decisions regarding our trip. Thanks to Tammy. We now have an insider's perspective on Aruba to ensure the success of our trip. Is there anything else that we should know before our trip? Please send me an email at scott at sunshinetravelers.com and provide me with all the details. We are always inspired by your travel stories. When we were booking the Curacao portion of the trip, we used Booking.com to find and book our accommodations. Because on Booking.com, you can choose from over a million properties worldwide, from cozy country homes to sleek city apartments. Find the best deals with their price match promise. Enjoy great stays at lower cost. And because flexibility matters, you can book with confidence knowing that you can cancel with ease. You can also make informed choices because there's millions of reviews from fellow travelers. Start your adventure now and visit sunshinetravelers.com slash booking to book your perfect stay. Using these affiliate links to book your experiences and travel helps support our podcast and allows us to continue to provide new content on a weekly basis. Please consider using these links when booking your next travel. There's no extra cost to you and we are compensated through the affiliate. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and will find some inspiration to help you with your travel journeys. Please consider going on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. The more five-star reviews we have, the more likely we are to be featured and discovered by others. Make sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new episodes as they are released. You can also find us on Instagram as Sunshine Travelers Podcast. Remember, that is travelers with one L. Most importantly, share it with your friends to help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companion.